there is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely a place for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I am your host, Lachelle Weemey, and you guys, we have a chance to talk to Janine Worth. You are all going to be blown away by this woman and her story and all of the things that she has to offer. She's not only a psychotherapist, she's a hypnotherapist, and she really helps us to heal the wounds that we've had from our life's experiences. And Janine, I just am so excited to be able to have this conversation and to be able to share it with the world. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lachelle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to speak to you. So why don't you give us a glimpse of what it is that you do, how you serve people, um, and let us kind of get an idea of, of who you are today. Okay. So I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a clinical hypnotherapist, and a coach. And I work with women only, mostly female entrepreneurs. And I specialize in the topic of unresolved trauma and painful life events, because often we don't realize how these traumatic events, especially from, you know, events that happen in our childhood, basically the younger we are when these traumatic experiences happen, the more it will end up affecting us later in life. Because if you think about it, if something happens at the age of four, you're still a baby. You're not mature enough. You don't have the coping skills. You don't have the mindset, the techniques, all those things. Right. You actually process all the emotions involved. And our subconscious mind then very often takes on beliefs, which aren't necessarily, necessarily true. But once it's taken on a belief, we start making decisions and you know, also decisions about ourselves from this wounded place. And often we end up with these self-sabotaging behaviors as adults, not realizing where it comes from. Right. I mean, and that's just it. When we're young, like before we're seven years old, many of those beliefs are formed without us having the ability, just like you said, to have the context around what it is. And I think that a lot of us feel really, down or shameful on ourselves for not being stronger in air quotes when really it was before we had the ability that many of these program thoughts and beliefs were formed and now we're really adults walking around with these really outdated immature paradigms that is impacting the decisions that we make exactly especially people you know in our age group because a lot of us are you know the generation that grew up without seatbelts and you know bicycle helmets and <laughs> we had parents that weren't touchy-feely type parents you right. know they their parents were the ones that were basically taught that you don't talk about your feelings children should be seen and not heard that oftentimes experienced um, physical discipline in their homes, beatings and things like that. And of course, that's what they knew and very often use that with us <laughs> or our generation. And 
So I think now is the time where people are starting to sort of change that and realize just because we grew up like that doesn't necessarily mean that we want to do it the same way. Right. We get to choose again now that we know differently. Right. And so what was it that you, you know, experienced in your own life, Janine, that brought you to this place where you want to help people overcome this trauma? I know your story and I just can't wait for you to be able to share it with our audience because it's so powerful. So, so why don't you kind of give us a glimpse of, of who you were before you arrived at this point in your life? So I have a very deep relationship with trauma because my own mother experienced trauma and her generation was the, if we just ignore it, it will hopefully go away kind of generation, which yeah. we all know yeah. doesn't work. So I had a traumatic childhood, you know, in my uh, parental home, there was physical violence, alcoholism, abuse, that kind of thing. And then when I was 18 years old, because I grew up in South Africa and you get your driver's license at the age of 18, the very night that was the day that I had actually passed my driver's license, I went out that night to celebrate this milestone and I never got to the restaurant where we were meeting because I ended up surviving a hijacking, kidnapping and attempted rape at gunpoint and that sort of started this whole process what I call this love affair with trauma because about a week after that experience and this was before social media and all of that I was sitting in my car because the police ended up having a shootout and getting my car back and I was waiting to pick up my sister and a friend who didn't know what had happened to me tried to prank me by creeping up on my car and slamming his hand on the driver window. And in that moment, I had, it almost felt like this out of body experience. You know, I started getting heart palpitations. It felt like I couldn't breathe. I had this immense fear experience. And I thought to myself, this isn't normal. I need to go and see someone because this was sort of the start of my adult life. I didn't want to now not be able to go out or have this fear every time I stepped outside my home that something awful was going to happen to me. So I went to a therapist and he told me something in that first meeting that changed my whole perspective because after telling him my story, you know, but about my childhood and then the actual hijacking, kidnapping, and uh, attempted rape, he said something to me that just took my breath away. He said, if you had had a perfect childhood and you had reacted in the way that they were expecting, meaning crying, begging, pleading, which was not how I reacted, uh, he said, who knows if we would be here having this conversation. It's because of the resilience you had to, you know, gain through this childhood that you had, that you were able to stick up for yourself the way that you did. Because, you know, when that guy put a gun to my head and said, take off your clothes, in that moment, it was as if something in me snapped 
I looked at him and I said, you will have to shoot me first. And I meant it in that moment because I, I wasn't married. I didn't have children. Nobody was dependent on me. Right. But I just had this feeling that I'd gone through all of this stuff to get to this point and then this happens. And I was like, no. And this completely threw him off because I could see the confusion in his face. He's like, this is not how it's supposed to go. Right. And in that moment where he was shocked because he had an accomplice, I took that opportunity to speak to his accomplice, who was the calmer of the two, to say, take my car. You already have my phone, my purse, all my belongings. Just go, which they eventually did. And then the friend that was with me, his brother-in-law was in the police. So we were running because they had taken us to this very secluded overgrown area near a beach and a fisherman came past picked us up gave us his mobile phone and uh he could phone his brother-in-law who was in the police and they ended up having a shootout because at one point you know your mind tries to make sense of the emotions that you feel in the moment and I was like well maybe the guns were fake they were not fake the police had a shootout I did get my car back it was damaged but it was still working so it was a lot of stuff to process. And that's something that, you know, most people probably wouldn't have reacted like that. Mm -hmm. So from him saying that and drawing my attention to the fact that if I'd had this picture perfect childhood, I wouldn't have said, shoot me. <laughs> I would have probably begged and cried and pleaded for my life. And that's what they were expecting. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I had any sort of ounce of gratitude for my experiences and the resilience because, you know, they always talk about the fight, uh, freeze or uh, flight experience. And until you get to that point, you don't know what it is, but mine is fight, apparently. <laughs> and, you know, that experience sort of was the catalyst for me studying everything that I could about trauma uh, because I knew firsthand what it was like to be parented and I use that word very loosely by someone who had unresolved trauma having had a traumatic childhood and then this big t trauma because we have big t trauma and small t trauma having all of that and now I know that these experiences affect every single part of our lives. It affects how we show up in relationships. It affects how we parent. It affects the amount of success we will have, depending on how much we self-sabotage, all these things. And later on, because I went on to have a corporate career um, in sales and marketing, and one of my best friends suddenly got really ill he had cancer and on his deathbed he said to me make sure you're doing what you love because I thought I would have more time and I was like oh wow okay and that sort of started this whole thing of what am I actually doing with my life making some big corporation rich 
but is that really what I want to do with my life? That's powerful. And there's a theme that I've, you know, picking up here that I want to just take a moment and, and honor and acknowledge that we can't always choose what happens to us, mm. but we can choose how we react to it or the way that we can look for the gifts and the blessings in it. Um, life happens to not to us, but for us, if we choose to look for it. Right. And so you had this, this traumatic experience, and yet you were able to identify in that experience, the blessings from the childhood that you had in the resiliency that you were gaining from it in the moment of having to, to say goodbye to a friend, you were able to take this, this hardship and figure out well, what is the biggest lesson in this, and which is literally what set you on the path to what you're doing today. And I just want to just honor that you guys, because it's so hard to find the blessings in our pain, but when you do that, you can use it for fuel to propel you to the next level of life and the next arena of service that you can give to people. And I just want to thank you for, for just modeling that for us, Janine, because I, I can't imagine how hard any of this was for you. Thank you. Yeah. And luckily at that point, you know, I have three children. They were at a stage where they were a bit older and my husband said to me, well, I just want you to be happy. So what would that look like? And I decided, okay, I want to be a therapist. I want to specialize in trauma. And I specifically want to work with women because we're the ones that always make sure that everyone else is okay. Mm -hmm. We always think about, you know, our partners, our children, our family. And very often we neglect to sort of take that time for ourselves to see, okay, what do I actually need? Mm -hmm. And we all know that, especially mothers, when the mother isn't healthy and isn't doing well, it affects the entire family. Right, right. Well, and I think that oftentimes as women, you know, we, we think that we're serving by not serving ourselves, right? Like we think that we're serving our family or we're serving the people immediately around us. And therefore we sacrifice ourselves for that service. But if we stepped back and thought about it, if we're willing to put ourselves in, in the, that line of service, what of a bigger impact we can make beyond our immediate sphere of influence. And yeah. so if you're truly sacrificing for service, then I want you to challenge yourself to sacrifice, not for the service of the people around you, but to allow yourself to have that self, that self-care and that self-love that's going to allow you the bigger impact in the world that you can make. Definitely. Right? You know, and a lot of times women, and I, I hear this all the time because Obviously, I hear the worst of the worst stories. And women will say to me almost 95% of the time, well, I was, I was bullied my entire childhood, but at least I wasn't raped. Yeah. Or, you know, I have, have an eating disorder and I self-harm, but at least I have both my parents. Because society teaches us to rate and compare. Yeah. But that's not how it works because how we experience trauma is so personal and individual. Some people are more sensitive. Some people have experienced a lot. So they've been, you know, like myself, forced to build up this resilience. Mm -hmm. Other people haven't. So I want us to stop 
thinking that there this is a competition or there's there is no prize at the end right each one of us deserves to get the help that we need and we don't have to explain it or try and validate these experiences 100% I know that one of the things that you said was that you love really helping entrepreneurial women and I think that what a lot of people don't realize and which is why I do the work that I do is that when we can heal ourselves then we can heal our business which then can make the bigger impact in the world and we don't have business problems we have personal problems that we bring into our business right mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times we do, we, we have this tendency to shame ourselves or to make light of things that are impacting that we have been carrying. And, you know, we're talking about trauma today. So I would love for you to, to give us a better insight into what is trauma? Like, how would you define that in your terms? Because like you said, it could be, you know, I have an air quotes, like little things, but they're not little things if they're your things. And so Janine, what, what does trauma mean to you? Okay, so as I said, you know, when we look, you know, when we look at trauma itself, we have these big T experiences, which are the kind of thing that would get you onto the front page of a newspaper. So natural disasters, something like my experience, you know, horrific car accidents, these are the big, the one off big T traumas. But then we have the small T traumas, which People think it's so normal that it's not even worth talking about, you know, being bullied, um, growing up in a home where there's some sort of, you know, abuse, whether, you know, it's a parent that is abusing alcohol or drugs or where there's domestic violence, because it's so normal, in air quotes, we all know somebody who's experienced something like that. We think, okay, well, I'm not going to whine about that because everyone's experienced that. But what we don't realize is that, and I'll give you a real life example. I had a woman come to me and she said to me, I've bought all the courses. I've watched how many hours of YouTube videos. I'm doing all the things that these gurus and coaches and everyone's telling me to do, but I don't see any success in my business. I like literally do not know what to do anymore. So I said to her, okay, let's go have a look. And this is why I love combining clinical hypnosis with traditional therapy. And I regressed her and I said to her, take me to a time where you felt scared. Mm -hmm. And she was four years old, hiding in a cupboard. Her father was an alcoholic. And in this rage because whenever he got to that point he would say the most awful things and she would fear for her life because he used to also physically abuse the mother and she was hiding and I, I took her to the next scene again she was hiding under the bed hiding 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 so obviously that is connected to why being visible on life online did not feel safe to her you know she would plan a launch and she would say, and I'm going to do this Facebook Live, and I'm going to do this challenge. And then when it came to it, her body would go into some protective mode. She'd get a migraine, and then she couldn't do a Facebook Live. Or she'd get such a bad flu that she'd lose her voice because her subconscious mind was telling her, it is not physically safe for you to be visible. 
And that's so powerful because we go back to the beginning of our conversation, right? And we have these experiences without the context of really understanding and how to process the emotions that come with it. And they plant these deep rooted ideas of how the world is and the, how we have to show up in it. And we don't oftentimes even realize it because it's buried there in our subconscious, but our subconscious, because it's on autopilot 95% of the time, like just things are running in the background. We don't even realize that these things are impacting our day to day. Yes. So once her logical mind could make that connection, and obviously I made her an audio and we did coaching and she could change that actual neural pathway in her brain to tell her okay you're not a child anymore it's not physically dangerous for you you actually love serving people you want to create this impact in the world when I could show her how to process first of all change that belief process all the emotions obviously the fear the shame all of that she could finally start showing up in her business and she's very successful now you know, so it's these things where, especially entrepreneurs, they don't make the connection immediately because it happened so long ago. Right. They think, well, even if they know that they had these experiences, they're like, well, it's been 20, 30 years. I'm over it. I should be over it. And we think we're over it right. with our logical mind, but our subconscious and our, this inner child isn't over it. Right. And there's, there's so much that, that I want to unpack in this. Like I could literally spend all day with you, but I do want to get back to, cause you've mentioned bullying a couple of times. And I think that this is something that I see a lot in the people that I work with as well, where we kind of shame ourselves. Like, well, everyone was bullied. So I'm not going, why should this have impacted me? But I think that, as you've mentioned that, um, that trauma can, can present itself in a whole different array of, of ways. So, so tell me a little bit about, the, the bullying, you know, experiences and how you've seen that play out in people that have come to you. So, and again, I'm going to use the online entrepreneurs because they're the ones that have shown up with this wound the most. They'll put out posts on social media that are very vanilla, yeah. meaning there's no personality, there's no opinion because subconsciously, they don't want, I call them the keyboard warriors, you know, the people that hide behind their keyboards, they don't want people to come after them online because we've seen that how many times, right. you know, and there are people who unfortunately live very sad lives where they get a lot of joy out of attacking people online if they dare to share an opinion that doesn't align with this person's opinion right and as soon as that happens it takes them back because the part of the brain that actually deals with trauma can't tell time so if I put something if I was bullied as a child or in my teenage years and I put out a post on social media and someone, one of these keyboard warriors comes and, you know, decides that they are now going to rip me to pieces on the world stage. Right. The feelings that I would experience in that moment will remind me of all the past experiences where I've been bullied. 
because the that part of my brain can't tell time and it will bring back all of those experiences that's why when people experience a trigger and that emotion is set off they have what we we think it's an exaggerated reaction it's because they're not reacting to this one experiencing they're reacting to that plus all the 20 past experiences it all comes back one time and then they have this huge reaction and people don't know that they're then like well why are you overreacting or why are you freaking out it's not that bad it's because everything then comes back with compounded interest right that makes so much sense because I think that there are times where I'm triggered by something and it does it feels like this is such a big deal and it can sabotage me from moving forward. And so what would you tell the woman who is finding themselves in that place where all of a sudden you're triggered and you, you recognize it, what is it that I can do to start moving myself from that moment to where I want to be and need to be? Yeah. So the first thing is sort of what I call trigger mapping. It's to start noticing. This is where we have to employ the self-awareness why do I feel triggered in this moment? What did this person say or do that makes me feel X, Y, Z? So an example would be, you know, I had a woman that had an issue with binge eating. And every time she binged, we noticed the pattern was she didn't feel good enough. So either her boss you know, made her feel that she's not good enough or she had a fight with her husband and she felt not good enough. That would be the trigger because it stemmed from, again, a childhood experience where a parent told her, I wish you were never born. And the other parent trying to comfort her gave her chocolate and ice cream. And as an adult, we can't jump into our parents' lap and, you know, be coddled. So the only way she could create that experience, that nurturing feeling was with the chocolate and the ice cream. And so you see, it's all connected because all of those things reminded her of that feeling of not being good enough. Right. And the, the comfort came from the sweets and she could recreate that for herself. So it's really just being curious and aware of where some of this stems from. And then with this exact experience that you're describing, once she became aware that it was the chocolate and the ice cream that was helping her cope with this situation, what kind of things can we do to start moving ourselves to a place where once we have that awareness, I know that obviously working with someone like you in hypnotherapy, tell me all about all of it. Like, what is it that we can do to get ourselves unstuck in this space? Yeah. Well, I always say, you know, in that moment, ask yourself, what does this remind me of? Because you can tap into that if you really want to. Uh, a lot of times people are too scared to do it because they think, well, this is now going to be like opening Pandora's box. Right. But you've already experienced it. You've already survived it. Right. Right. You're just going back as the compassionate observer. So right. go into that position of compassionate observation. Ask yourself, what, it, what does it remind you of? And then 
once you start working on that, if you're not working with someone like me, because obviously I have the techniques to do it in a very short time space, you know, you could, for instance, journal on it. Why didn't I feel enough or good enough in this instance? And this reminds me of this experience as a child. And what is the truth? The truth is all of us are good enough. Our self-worth is not negotiable. It is not dependent on what you do or do not do. And this is particularly important for, um, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. You know, <laughs> I grew up, you know, I was only validated when I did something amazing. You know, I had to keep having these high achievements. So what does that do? It trained me that in order to have worth or to be validated, I had to be a high performer. Right. And that can be a self-sabotaging behavior if you're a business owner, because if you are spending three hours on a post, yeah, (laughs) that can be a problem in itself, you know, or if you decide you're going to develop a product or a program and you spend five months perfecting it, instead of putting it out there, you know, your growth will be a lot slower. So all of us have these traits that are holding us back. And most of the time we don't realize it because we think it's a good thing. A lot of times, you know, for so long people work, you know, being a workaholic, being a perfectionist, these were prized character traits. Right. It's like, no, it's a trauma response because we did not have coping skills. Absolutely. And one of the things that I see in people that I work with and conversations that I have is this need to control. We take on the responsibility of everything and everyone around us. And I see that that oftentimes, again, is, is a trauma response. So tell me about, about your experience with that particular symptom. I think that, you know, people who grew up in homes that felt chaotic, scheduling and controlling gives us a sense of security because there are no bad surprises. Right. Right. We know what's coming next and we know what's coming after that. And this gives us the sense of there's not going to be any unexpected things or shock or, you know, that is definitely a trauma response because that shows me that you grew up not having enough security. You didn't feel safe. And now you're creating the sense of safety by trying to control everything. And so I just want to, for the listeners that are, that are, you know, hearing this and I'm sure that there's so many of these that you're like, yep, got that, got that, got that. And, (laughs) and, you know, I'm speaking for myself too, like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know? So I think that you guys, it's just that awareness of it. And then just recognizing that this is just an adventure. This is a journey that we can be on. And I want to just kind of take this moment because I love hope and practical tools to reinforce some of the things that Janine has said to us. So as she mentioned, just being curious about kind of that origin of that experience or that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. That that you can link it back to. Yes. What does this remind you of? What does this remind you of? And then trying to speak to ourselves as the 
adult, the resilient adult who has survived this to speak to that version of ourselves. Is that what you were saying? Yes. And most of the time it starts with inner child healing, which is why I wanted to gift your community um, a guided hypnosis for inner child healing, because a lot of times people will say to me, well, you know, my childhood was okay. You know, my parents weren't, you know, alcoholics or, but as soon as they do this guided hypnosis, things will come into their awareness, you know, and I had that recently with um, a lady who asked me to speak in her summit and she's like, well, let's see what it brings up for me because I actually had a really good childhood. And I said to her, I am yet to meet the magical unicorn where something does not come up for them. And I did it live with her. And she's like, you were so right. I felt like I was one parent's least favorite child. And she's like, I thought that I was over that. And I was like, well, your inner child isn't over it. Yeah. And that, that's just it, you guys, is that there are things that, that are origins of the ways that we're showing up now that, that seems so insignificant. And Janine, I don't know if I've told you this the last time we talked, but you know, in some of the work that I've done, I discovered that as a kid, I felt like I was a bother to my parents. My mom was young when she had us, um, you know, married at 23 kids by the time she was 25, she was just trying to survive as a, as a farm wife out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And yeah. I was likely just wanting her attention and, and, you know, she did the best she could. So mm-hmm. as an adult, as a mom looking at that specific situation, I don't know how she did it, but as a little three-year-old self, I wanted her attention. Yes. And therefore I felt like I was a bother and that showed up in my business because I didn't want to bother people in their inboxes. I didn't want to bother people. I even found that I would speak quickly because in my mind, my worth was, I am not worth the space and the time that it takes for me to have this conversation that I would speak fast because I wasn't worth the time that the conversation required all those tiny little things, guys come from such a benign, innocent place. And it's when you can work with someone like Janine to, to get to the root of it, it can unlock this beautiful door that allows you to have this, this insight into, to what it is that you need to overcome. And then all of a sudden there you are in this place that you could always be. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet money on the fact that you're probably someone that would go completely out of your way to help someone yep. that it's difficult for you to ask other people to help you 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. and so you know those are things i'm working on receiving mm-hmm. i'm working on you know um allowing myself to be worthy of of what other people are willing to to share and to give me and and it does feel good to to go out of my way to help other people but it's gotten to a point where I'm at a place where it's not because I need to get that validation or get that worth from that act of service. It's because I am already whole and worthy and it's overflowing from me in an act of service now, but it's taken years of this process <laughs> to get to that point. And I just think that there's people like you, Janine, that can be the turning point for people 
who have been stuck. And so tell us a little bit more about that hypnosis session that you mentioned so that everybody can understand what a gift this really is. Yeah. So it's an audio that you can listen to whenever it's convenient for you. I would recommend that you listen to it, you know, lying on your bed in a comfortable position, wearing headphones and trying to do it at a time where, you know, a little one's not going to interrupt you <laughs> or something like that, because it's about between 15 and 20 minutes long. So it's not very long. And just allow yourself to have the experience that you're supposed to have. Don't go into it, you know, thinking it has to be this way because, you know, oftentimes we judge ourselves or think, oh, it's going to be this because you know certain things about yourself. Just go into it very open, again, compassionate observer and see what comes up because your subconscious mind is like this giant vault and all of your experiences, your memories, Every conversation is in there like a row of files and something that you've probably forgotten because it happened so long ago or your logical mind says that was nothing, forget about it. Just allow your subconscious mind to bring into your awareness what baggage it has. That is so beautiful. And you're going to gift that to everyone who's listening. So you guys can find that information and everything that we need to connect with Janine inside the show notes. Is there anything that we haven't had a chance to discuss, Janine, that you really want to make sure that our audience has a chance to hear? I think the most important message that I have for anyone listening to this is that regardless of where you started out in life, what kind of childhood you had, it doesn't matter because you have the opportunity, you know, whatever happened to you is not your fault, but you have the choice to make that one page of your story. Right. And once you are willing to actually do the work, you get to consciously create anything that you want. Yeah. You know, this, that can be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be your legacy. Right. Oh my goodness. That is so, so powerful. And I wanted to just, you know, tie this up with one thing that you said that really stood out to me is that you were able to thank your experiences in the past for giving you the resilience that you had. And one of the things that the audience, you know, you guys have maybe heard me talk about from time to time is my grandma. And the reason that I, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because she was such a resilient woman. Both of her parents died six months apart when she was 10. She was moved to across the country and then back again was, was taken in by people who, who abused her. And then she went on to have a marriage and seven children and two of them passed away in preventable, unexpected deaths separately. Lots of things had happened to her, but yet she was the most amazing, beautiful, resilient, kind, funny, optimistic person I've ever known in my life. And then I had someone else in my life that was, you know, um, got sick from a virus that attacked his heart, needed a heart transplant. When he was 65, he got the heart of a 28 year old. And unfortunately there was a hiccup in his, his post-operative course. And he ended up being in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And he was angry and bitter and, you know, just very disgruntled at the world. And, you know, I've often wondered, you know, these are two people in my life that were very significant to me. And I often wondered what was it that, that caused such a drastic difference in the way that they looked at life? And I think that part of it, when I've, when I've really 
you know, recently dived into this was that my grandma had this opportunity over her lifetime to build up this resilience. And when the other person that I mentioned was 65 years old, it was the first time in his life that he had to deal with something as traumatic as what he had. And so I know that my grandma would never have, have asked for what had happened to her and none of us would, but allowing it to become the person that she was meant to be because of it and allowing it to become the gift that it had. I want all of us to take this and, and, and acknowledge that we can make things a gift if we choose to. And yeah. it's really our choice. It is a choice because I see two types of people in the world, you know, because I said everyone has experienced some sort of trauma, whether it's the big T or the little T, you have victims and you have survivors. And survivor energy is acknowledging this happened to me. I can't change that. But I am now deciding that I am going to actively not carry this forward. Because, you know, people always say, oh, well, hurt people hurt people. No, they don't. I, I'm a hurt person. I don't hurt people. I'm actively trying to help people. Right. You know, so we often say that to make us feel better about situations, that it's a choice yes. to be a victim or a survivor, because those are two completely different energies. 100%. 100%. And I want to encourage you guys all to make the choice to become the survivor, to make the choice to discover what it is that's holding you back, and to make the choice to to be resilient and, and own the fact that you get to choose again every single day and can make the legacy that you want to make come to fruition because of these choices. Janine, thank you so much for spending time with us here in the Unsec podcast. If you guys haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe, leave a review, let Janine know about all of the amazingness that she just gave you and what is most impactful to you. We love it if you would share this episode out with anybody who could be blessed by it and take a screenshot, share it in your stories, tag both of us, and we'll be happy to share you on our platforms as well, because we want to get the word out about all of the healing that take place once we just choose to decide um, to, to really dive in inside and become the best versions of ourselves so we can make the biggest impact in the world. So Janine, one of the things that I do always before I wrap up a conversation is I ask my guests to think of a question that you would like the audience to think about that's going to help move them forward from where they are to where they want to be. So what question would you have everybody think of? So my question would be, Knowing what you know now about your own childhood, if you are a parent or plan to be a parent, how can you give your child a childhood they do not need to heal from? Mm, that's powerful. Thank you so much for that. And I just, I just want to thank you again, Janine, for being here. Thanks you guys all for listening. This has been such an amazing episode and I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'll see y'all next, next week. Same time, same place. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.